0: When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Over the past few months, businesses, especially small businesses, have faced a lot of proverbial lemons, but the power of pivoting has become clearer than ever. We're here to share stories from PayPal merchants who have pivoted their businesses during COVID 19, innovating their way through uncertain and strenuous times. Welcome to The Adaptables. Hello, and welcome to our very first episode. I'm Sarah Davidson, a longtime customer of PayPal across several of our businesses, and I'm so delighted to be your host for this miniseries. We'll be investigating the power of pivoting in the face of a pandemic, which of course we have all been facing this year, but also drawing out lessons on agility in business more generally, a rollercoaster journey in which the one constant is change. I'm so excited to share the stories of four incredible businesses over the next few fortnights, but we're kicking off today with a personal powwow on my own journey so far, so buckle in for a wild ride. Before we get started, if you listen to my own podcast, Seize the Yay, you'll know I love to kick off with an icebreaker, and ours for the adaptables is this. What is the biggest assumption or misconception you had about going into business that got busted as soon as you started? To be honest, I had so many preconceptions about entrepreneur life before I started, but the biggest one is probably quite relevant to the circumstances a lot of us have been facing through the COVID-19 pandemic. Pandemic. I thought I would love saying goodbye to the structure and routine of a corporate life and thrive as a completely free and spontaneous agent, just flitting around doing whatever I wanted. But I've realized that even when you're working from home, you need some structure and boundaries to maintain your productivity, your energy, and any form of distinction between work life and personal life, especially in my case, where I also happen to be in business with my husband. As you'll hear, I've also needed these boundaries to stop myself from burning out altogether, which is a very widespread challenge for many new business owners. So at this point, it probably makes sense to give you a little bit of background on my journey. So let me give you the quick story of my transition from lawyer to fun entrepreneur. Once upon a time, there was a young girl who was equal parts nerdy and arty farty and didn't know what the future held to unite those two sides of her personality. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not going to tell you the story that way, but that is in fact how it started and continued. Through my school years and through uni, I really wasn't sure how to unite the two sides of my personality and ended up like many of us, I think, at the end of high school, thinking that I had to make a forever choice about my career and just not knowing what that was. I ended up choosing law more out of indecision than anything to sort of keep more doors open rather than close them and reminded myself of something my mom had always told me, if you don't know what you want to do, you still have to do something. The time will pass anyway, so you might as well do something that you can learn from and that will set you up best and most broadly for whatever comes next. And that sort of resonates with a quote that's also been a guiding light through my whole career and the transition from lawyer to entrepreneur: that you don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. And I think as humans, we love certainty and we love to know the trajectory we're heading on to. But without even realizing it, I was really taking a step without having any idea how it would turn out. And sometimes that leaves room for things to turn out better than you ever imagined. So I came to the end of uni and had to remind myself of that again when I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just started out on a very traditional legal career pathway with a goal to just make the most of the experience, learn as much as I could and then see where it took me. I had a wonderful three years at the law firm. While it wasn't my forever job, and I probably knew that it wasn't my forever job, I learned so much, had so many wonderful travel opportunities, really came into my own in the workforce, and it really turned out to make the best launch pad for everything that came next, even though I didn't know what that was. So that quote has really come through for me time and time again, but... I did get very quickly caught up in momentum and the glorification of busy. I think we all spend a lot of time on, you know, what I've come to call the productivity hamster wheel, moving furiously, but in no direction. And in my legal career, I did get very distracted by climbing the corporate ladder, kicking goals and achieving things and ticking boxes that I really didn't realize weren't actually the boxes that I probably cared about. But that's what happens when you get caught up in this cycle of busy, which is symptomatic of our fast paced and rapid world today that often we get so far down a pathway and so distracted by going so quickly that we've never actually stopped to ask if it's the right one for us. So it was only a very happy accident that broke this autopilot circuit that I was on and led to the biggest pivot of my life. And I'm now so passionate about helping others do the same to go from seizing the day to seizing their yay. What I think happens is in life, We often don't make a change unless we're actively unhappy or inconvenienced. In those situations, you really do have a motivator to change. But if you're just sort of blah or okay, you can become very blinded by gratitude just to have a job and you can get very comfortable in routine and stability and certainty. And that's what happened to me. I'd become so comfortable in where I was and knowing that my five, ten year plan was mapped out and that everything I was doing was objectively successful or worthy to others others that I forgot to ask whether it was worthy to myself. So, What inspired me to make this leap to change? What was the said happy accident? I'll try and cut a long story short, which as you can probably tell already, is not one of my strengths. I do love a good yak. I ended up in Africa in my first year of law, probably a sign that I had thoughts elsewhere that I took a full month of leave in my first year before I'd accrued enough to take it. My husband was working on a charitable expedition and we got the chance to visit one of the schools that he had been supporting through his creative agency and as well as... As bringing home incredibly transformative, eye-opening insights about life and happiness, I also brought home a nasty little gut parasite. Being completely out of touch with my wellness and any signs my body might have been giving me back then, pushing through and working 20-hour days, working weekends, I came straight off the plane, went straight back to work, and spent the next couple of months working to the point of losing 15 kilos and burning myself out into adrenal fatigue without noticing until I basically collapsed on the floor at work. So I was given a very quick initiation into the world of wellness and the revolutionary idea of looking after yourself and was banned from coffee while I healed because my adrenal system couldn't take it. And every time I'd have a coffee, I'd get the jitters and the shakes. But being a 10 cups a day kind of gal, that was a bit of a problem. Luckily, I got sent to the law firm's headquarters in Hong Kong on a deal soon after I went back to work. And that is where I discovered the marvels of matcha powder. So if you haven't heard of it, it's basically just green tea ground into a fine powder. Sounds like a bit of a buzzword, but it's really simple. Instead of the green tea leaves being in a tea bag, which you will definitely know of, Matcha is just the leaves dissolved. So when you drink them in the water, you drink the whole leaf and along with it, 137 times the antioxidants of regular green tea. On top of this, it's a much healthier form of caffeination. It has almost half the caffeine of a coffee. So you still get a good buzz of energy, but it has a unique amino acid in it called L-theanine, which makes it slow release into your bloodstream. And that's why the Zen Buddhist monks could use it for energy over multiple hours in their meditations. So I got hooked. Nick got hooked hooked. We came back to Australia where the health food market was booming and people were drinking spirulina for its health benefits, which tastes like foot if you ask me. So why wasn't anyone drinking matcha? In our own selfish search to find some for ourselves, we realized actually there's quite a gap in this market, found some online, bought 10 kilos as the minimum order. It turned up and it was far too much for just two people. So the idea completely out of the left field came to start a little side hustle called Matcha Maiden. So our first business together was a complete accident thrown together in the course of a short couple of weeks where we realized we had a little matcha powder to get rid of And thought there might be a few others like us who had developed a taste for it and needed a solid, reliable source. And in the course of a weekend, we decided to knock up an online store. And this is where platforms like PayPal were absolutely instrumental in making that process of starting a business logistically accessible to us. It was super easy to set up a payment gateway, to set up our online store, you know, really accessible technology, taking different currencies without geographical limits really helped us to grow the business and just get it off the ground. But also coming from a completely different background, knowing very little about this kind of thing, but coming from a legal background where I wanted to know everything was above board and we could really trust in the brand, choosing PayPal meant we just had so much safety, security, track record, and could really leverage customer trust in the payment gateway as well to sort of open over a weekend and already have the power of that brand name to the business. So we started our Instagram. Three weeks later, we launched the online store. We sold out in a week and realized the gap we thought we were filling was much larger than we ever could have dreamed. And six months later, we drew the attention of US fashion giant Urban Outfitters, even though we were still a very DIY setup, packing ourselves, think Breaking Bad, but green. And they ordered more matcha than we had sold in that whole six months. So I left my job the next day and that was five and a half years ago. And that started a whole new appetite for agility and innovation that's drawn me away from that traditional conventional career. career path to being an absolute discomfort junkie, which continued with us opening our innovative, world-renowned plant-based eatery, known for its vegan eggs and blue algae lattes, Matcha Milk Bar, also Chris Hemsworth's favourite in Australia, and the CZA podcast a few years after that. So the ensuing journey has prepared me in so many ways for the uncertainty this pandemic has thrown us into. I think if I was asked to look at when we first started versus December last year versus March 2020 to now, what I love about business so much is that we're in totally different positions at all of those times and even week to week. It's just so exciting and dynamic and you learn to really embrace those uncertainties as opportunities. So I'd say, you know, December last year, we'd probably hit a little bit of a plateau at about the five-year mark, maybe feeling a bit jaded and a bit ready for a new chapter, but not quite knowing after five years, you know, what the right direction would be for the next big innovation. March this year, we'd come along a little bit further and were on the cusp of a big new investment partnership, which would bring that knowledge, expertise and experience to take the business to the next level. Having reviewed, you know, the areas where we were lacking now with everything thrown into uncertainty, there have been many new challenges we never expected with production and shipping and quarantine, but we're actually feeling more agile than ever using the forced slowdown, even though, of course, we wouldn't have wished for it to happen this way, to really reevaluate, tweak and refine again. And in a few months time, who could say if you can be anything in this world, agile and adaptable is absolutely where it's at. So coming back to the COVID-19 outbreak in particular, so many businesses, in fact, the whole business landscape has really had to re-strategize. Some have temporarily shut down or others have had to change their offerings completely to stay afloat during these times. There have been so many pressure points across many, many businesses, pressures on cash flow, staffing, deliveries, inventory. And I thought we'd shed some light in this episode and in the episodes to come on what those pressure points really have been. For us, it's been really interesting and in having lots of different impacts across different businesses, depending on the industry and the structure. The cafe, of course, was hit first and in the most harsh of ways, as I think the whole hospitality industry has been. We faced from very early the complete unexpected closure of the venue and all of us went from having whatever your income was week to week to absolutely zero overnight still facing large overheads like rent, insurance, wages, without actually knowing how long it would last, taking some time, of course, for any kind of government rebates or assistance to be announced. In the meantime, we had to let go of all of our staff overnight who felt like family or who feel like family. And it's so very hard to communicate that in a way that gives them any reassurance about what's to come because facing uncertainty around timing and how long it would last or what we'd be able to offer to help, it was a very, very difficult journey to, to navigate in terms of hospitality. Matcha Maiden had the opposite problem, which was something we really didn't expect. As everyone started to turn online while they were spending more time at home, our volume of sales actually increased, which we weren't prepared for or systemized for at all, being completely unawares. So we didn't have the systems to deal with an increased volume all of a sudden, but we were also suddenly facing disruptions to shipping around the world as flights started to slow down, our supply chain was heavily affected. We also had the investment deal that we've spoken about that was suddenly up in the air. So we had no idea what was going to be happening in a week or in two weeks or when our stock would be available and how to communicate that to customers. You don't want to do pre-sale because you're not sure how much you can guarantee when it will be available. And it was also actually quite unexpectedly emotionally difficult to balance the loss in our other businesses against the immense gratitude to have an increase in volume in this business To have any income while others faced complete stoppages of income, it was a really difficult, murky spot to be in. And still, uncertainty in the other direction is also quite difficult to deal with. And then in CZA and my personal brand, a lot of speaking gigs all kinds of events and collaborations and partnerships that way, pause suddenly. So again, another source of income that dried up without any assurance or certainty around when it might come back. It was all for us, like as for everyone, a very disorientating and uncertain, crazy time. But as I mentioned, I think all of us have faced pressures in different, you know, everything is relative. We're all experiencing this in different ways. And the best thing that we all can do is have patience with ourselves and others. But I think the other thing is, as we slowly start to come out of it now, there are now opportunities to look at the fact that, yes, we would never wish it to happen this way, but there are so many silver linings that have come out of this and that can continue to come out of this. So the next thing I thought that we would discuss again in this and every episode is how businesses and society have adapted some of the many wonderful innovations that have come out of this and the true benefit of being able to embrace uncertainty and change in a way that can set you up better and in a much more resilient style for whatever comes next. Like most of society, I thought we had, you know, quite an appetite for change. We absolutely weren't prepared for this and had to get comfortable with pivoting again. But taking it day by day, not trying to engineer the end when you don't know when that is, and just making small positive changes as you can has really, really served us well. So for us, our big focus went on what are the things we can't control? Don't spend any more emotional energy or stress on those than you already are on just dealing with the situation, let's focus on the things we can control. So with Matcha Maiden having an online presence and doing really well, we thought the best thing we can do to adapt the most heavily affected business Matcha Milk Bar after restrictions were put in place, the best change we could do would be to pivot that. How can we bring Matcha Milk Bar into the strengths that Matcha Maiden has right now? What are the immediate actions we can put in place to adapt, even if it's only to counteract things a very small percentage? Let's just see how we can do this. We can't do much against physical restrictions, but we can totally align our business with Matcha Maiden's online store and take the business online. We had never thought of that before. We probably never would have thought about that other than this situation, but we'll actually probably keep it that way going forward. We turned a lot of our dry recipes for our pancakes, for our smoothie mixers. We've got nine different multicolored superfood lattes. We turned all of those into blends packaged them up to make an online grocery store. We made vegan survival kits, putting some of the blends together with our plant-based milk stock, toilet paper, other basics for the pantry that we had access to in bulk, but that customers couldn't find so easily in the early days. Again, this is where being an existing PayPal business customer made it so easy for us to adjust and pivot. We set up online payments and set up a new online store. Social media helped us pump that message out really quickly. Customers responded so well, so fast because there was already so much customer trust behind the PayPal brand. It was seamless, so easy to set up. And with PayPal, our customers could send money around around the world. So people were setting up payments from overseas to come to us to help support us. They were buying gift vouchers for friends in Australia and in Melbourne who could come and visit. It was such a wonderful platform to create for the global community to really come together and and support each other. It was absolutely amazing to see it all just happen so quickly. And again, having a well set up online store is an important and amazing vehicle for us to be able to adjust and receive payments via PayPal in a fast and secure way. We're seeing so many businesses use technology and digital to survive, whether event organizers or businesses running all their activities online. And I think the biggest benefits of digital channels that way is you can reach such a wide audience. There's such a democratization of influence and business. There's no geographical boundaries and you can sort of instantaneously communicate with the customer when you need to make real-time announcements as a situation unfolds, which is something we did heavily through the time and continue to do as opening hours changed, restrictions on takeaway changed, menus changed, numbers changed, and also an online store became available. It's been such an important communication method as well. And one of the wonderful things I think, you know, I was asked recently about the advice I'd give sort of mum and pop shops who, despite having run their business for decades, have had to shift strategies from retail to e-tail, you know, overnight. I would just say, Change will always feel uncomfortable at first and while COVID is why you had to change, maybe this was the right next step for you anyway even if COVID hadn't happened. Sometimes good things fall apart so better things can fall together. Maybe this was just the reason that you did something you, you really could have benefited from doing anyway. I think many people are in a situation where this has tipped them over into the edge to embrace the uncertainty they wouldn't have otherwise and can have so many positive impacts as we start to come out of it with changes that will stick with you for many chapters to come. So I would highly recommend that small businesses really start to embrace social media and digital to sell their products and services. Get on board with wonderful platforms that allow you to sort of adapt very, very quickly, very democratically and logistically in such an accessible way. The situation has really shown that digital helps businesses weather all kinds of storms because they transcend the physical environment and restrictions and give you such an added dimension of longevity, which we've really, really seen through through all of our businesses and many of the businesses around us. So that really brings us to looking to the future, I think. One of the big questions that's been coming out is what are we going to keep and what's going to change back to normal? I really think there's no reason why you can't continue to do both retail and e-tail as you start to return to physical trade too. A lot of businesses have shifted just for the purposes of COVID, But I think in so many areas, having this added online dimension to your business can run alongside your physical trade to continue reaping those benefits of no geographical boundaries, instantaneous convenience for your customers, and the seamless integration of digital with the physical world. If there was one thing that I think I've learned from this and many others have learned from this is just patience. We have become... So focused on instant gratuity and overcoming challenge or discomfort straight away. But this really reminded me that sometimes things take time, sometimes discomfort and change takes really a lot of time and effort to adjust to, but sometimes that time taken is the best part of the process and can set you up absolutely incredibly for whatever comes next. As we move into this post-pandemic economy, which is yet another sort of stage of uncertainty and novelty, I think just don't be too fixed on an idea or a plan. As I said, I came from a background where everything was fixed, ideas or plans. Things are constantly changing. So staying flexible and open-minded will put you in good stead to survive and thrive, whatever things might look like. Sometimes sticking to plans too rigidly stops better plans unraveling when they actually might be the ones that are for you. I was also asked, you know, businesses need contingencies. Has your business always had a plan B? I would actually say we haven't spent enough time on a plan B, which in some cases that really helps you get started because you don't have any other choice. You don't give yourself an option. In the early days, sometimes not having a fallback does make you just get on with it. As you get bigger, though, I think this situation situation shows that having some kind of planning in the works could be useful. Set aside time to work on your business and not just in it at regular intervals. This has been the biggest example of forcing a lot of us to only work on it and not in it. But I think it shows that businesses can really be tweaked and refined and come back as bigger and better versions of themselves when we do set aside the time, not because we're forced by COVID, but by choice at regular intervals to work on them and give them time to set up structures and think bigger picture rather than furrying away in the burrow and just getting on with the day-to-day. So those are just some of the ways that we've weathered this crazy storm. And as uncertain as the rest of the year might feel, I think sometimes uncertainty breeds the best innovations and developments. I can't wait to share what learnings and insights the other four businesses on the show have to offer. It's been an incredibly challenging year for all of us for so many different reasons, but I think out of challenge comes our greatest lessons and the greatest jumps for humanity. There is so much positivity and excitement to look forward to. So make sure you tune in. In every fortnight to join PayPal and myself for more of The Adaptables.